welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com my name is abhishek and this issue's cover takes a look at technology and uh, social media's role in elections how important the tool is it who uses it better than others and how the elections have spawned a slew of startups in this space and on the call with me to talk about all of this is peter griffin shoini mitter and devojodi ghosh who have contributed to this cover story it's a package of stories hello everyone thanks for joining in hello hi abhishek nice to talk to you again hi abhishek thanks shoini and the first question is to you peter is before we get into the cover story itself i'm curious to know at what point did you and your team decide that technology has indeed begun to have some sort of an impact or a say in the upcoming election before that one little step back you know just in reaction to something that you just said where you included social media in what you were saying now social media is only a small part of an overall strategy and we in the media tend to make a big deal about social media because we are all on social media so we tend to give it a lot of weightage and the fact is that i wanted to draw the conversation away from just social media and to the use of technology so really it's about the intersection of business technology and politics where i wanted to do the focus on this as to where it started out actually it was the news of nandan nilekani uh, standing for elections now nandan as you know is part of the core of the kind of people that forbes would cover a successful entrepreneur a billionaire someone who's also very deeply into philanthropy all of these things and make him an interesting a natural subject for forbes when he decided that he would be standing for elections this is someone who i thought would epitomizes this intersection that i was talking about of business technology and politics in this case as it went along in the conversations detail i realized that perhaps telling the story only through one person was not going to be the right thing to do there was a lot more that we could talk about so we split it up simultaneously it so happened that shreeni had presented an idea that had an intersection here vibo who's a new member of our team covers startups and the technology scene in general so i said let's combine all of this into a package of stories you know jagannathan jaggi our editor in chief wrote in his editorial that it's expected that the candidates and the government will spend anything between 30000 to 35000 crore that's 5 to 6 billion dollars between them on this elections that's a huge chunk of business waiting to be harvested there's a lot of traditional players your banner makers the guys who hire the lorries will go around with people chanting naras all of that is was there anyway but now there were opportunities being created for new age businesses technology centered in technology from your simple social media consultants to people who are providing services far beyond that also analytics research understanding your voter understanding databases bringing all that information in that helps you to shape your strategy and therefore another part of the story was to take one election battle and look at it as a sort of a microcosm of the larger battle the choice there was then to look at the mumbai south constituency which is a very interesting constituency for many fans one it has huge dichotomies you know some of the richest people in india live in that constituency and also some of the poorest and it has had some of the lowest voter turnouts ever shoini was looking at the election commission data and in the last election 41% of people uh, or a little above that voted it will be a good time to get uh, sohini in to talk about the voter turnout that you spoke about and if you map that to the number of people using technology or social media or the literate voting percentage if you put it that way how big 
his technology to even make a dent in helping a candidate to get his word out yeah abhishek what is interesting to note here is and that is something we tried to capture in the south bombay sample study that despite it being such an affluent constituency both in terms of disposable incomes in terms of high penetration of technology people talk a lot about elections politicians about civic issues online on social media there's a lot of chatter that's generated but it doesn't translate into them going out and voting on election day and i think the abysmal numbers as peter said in back to back elections in 2004 as well as 2009 i mean the 2009 voter turnout is the lowest in the history of lok sabha elections in india we are looking at a constituency which is doing a lot as our candidates have said they are using all sorts of communication both old world as well as new world and like meera sanyal said that uh, despite technology playing such an important role in the election there's nothing that substitutes face to face interactions and that is why she's taking these long walks and meeting people because people at the end of the day no matter where they are which constituency they are in they want to know you they want to see you and they want to talk to you so the touch and feel element still works but we're just hoping that uh, you know south bombay will script a different story this time but as far as the numbers go we don't have much to be excited about and initially peter you started off by talking about how technology is not only about social media but analytics and many other domains now if devo if you could chime in here to talk about what are the other applications of technology that might find relevance in politics what are some of the companies who provide such services and how are these political parties using them to start with we have only heard about big data when it comes to you know big it firms and mnc's talking about how they are generating data there is so much of data how that data can be used by different organizations and you know companies to actually generate business so interestingly this time during the election we have seen a lot of startups actually focusing on that aspect of big data you know which is one part of technology you know where we have seen a bangalore based startup called troll they have actually utilized big data to scan the data that is generated online for example who is the most talked about politician currently on the social media which are the parties that people are talking about so they are trying to scan those data and making it relevant and you know presenting it on different platforms like beta debate show and in a television channel or a kind of an election hub on a website then we have also seen in companies like vote right it's a kind of a platform where what they're trying to do they're trying to connect the citizens and the politician you know like most of the time we have lot of grievances and complaints about where we are staying you know the need electricity very basic things like electricity water supply but we actually don't know how to go about who to complain or what is the status of our company so they are trying to build that gap where you can actually question the candidates in that particular constituency and actually track it whether that complaint has reached the right person and it's been addressed so that is where we have seen lot of this interesting startup across the country bombay pune chennai interesting there is one app which a pune based engineer has has developed early this year it's called netaji it's a free android based app which you can download on your phone and helps you connect to any local issues to connect with your elected candidate so that you can take a picture of that whatever the problem that area is facing and through that app you can you know address it to the concerned person and actually trace where your complaint has been addressed or not so that is a kind of a report card there are many such you know interesting business models 
Yeah, you were talking about data and one of the more interesting enterprises that I saw then. I'm not say, I'm not using the word business deliberately. I'm saying enterprises because they're not trying to make revenue. Was this group of young students called the 505? They're all studying journalism at the Columbia School of Journalism, where they've put out a website called the 505, which is data journalism. As they told me, no one's really doing any good data journalism out there. And there's just the same old people sitting on TV and yelling at each other. And we wanted to do something that was solidly stuck in there with data and bring that out. And I think we've done a great job of that. And it's an interesting thing in many ways. One, it's a good-looking site. It's an investment in their futures in some ways. And it's a single-purpose site. They want to cover the elections, and that is it. The way that they've worked this purely out of personal funds while they were in the middle of submitting their final projects putting this site together was fabulously interesting and it's something that for all of us in journalism is also a sign of things to come. You know how easily a bunch of dedicated young people can do things that the rest of us have not done perhaps to that level that we should have been doing. You know, that was the very interesting application of data there. If we can summarize this, there are two kinds of enterprises or startups. One is which are being employed by these political parties to help them hopefully spread the word or understand what people are thinking in certain constituencies. And then there is the other lot like the app that you mentioned they were from Pune or the little outfit that the journalism students have created. Now, how receptive are the parties to using technology you know, to help their cause. For instance, Peter, before we started recording, you said that you experimented by wanting to connect people that you wanted to interview, not by calling them, but by emailing them or talking to them on their Twitter handle. How was that experience of yours? Did you get a response as soon as one must expect on a social media site or over email, or did you have to dig into your contacts to get them to talk to you? I decided to try this out in a way that anybody could do it contact these parties via the information they have put out publicly. So their social media handles was one of them. So I looked at contact forms on websites, emails, and so on, and, thing, and mailed people. And I got practically nothing from that. Tweets went unanswered was one part of it. I can forgive some of that because, fine, the moment you're out there in the public space, you're going to get bombarded. You may, may, may have missed my message. But I've contacted specific forms on website that say press contacts, for instance. So either they do not want to do outreach or they're not handling the inputs that come in via their public presence. I guess for a lot of them, this is the busiest time of a five-year cycle. I can understand that they may be overwhelmed with the amount of contact out there. But perhaps the answer then is to set up larger teams monitoring this kind of thing because that's the way an enterprise would do it of any other kind. It's predictable. The, everybody knew these elections were coming along at a certain time. So increase your manpower at around the time that you're expecting peak activity would be something I would have expected. Interesting exercise, but it didn't work. <laughs> but then who, who are some of them who are doing it right and impressed you? I was particularly impressed with the way the AP is going out, you know, in all fronts, not just their outreach, but also the input to their campaign. Uh, it's a very decentralized approach. Uh, there's a central team, but each state has its own team. Each candidate has their own teams as well. There is coordination. There is uh, what one of them described as loose coupling between the various components. Data is shared. They're welcome to use what they want to use and add on or augment what they're doing with their own personal efforts. And the entire group gets to learn from it and profit from it. The BJP has been an early mover. 
Mr. Modi's campaign by itself and the BJP's campaign on the whole, I think are far in ahead in terms of what they have been doing. From your standard, you know, Twitter going out there, which everybody and their uncle is doing, realization that it's not just that, you know, the Facebook, the Google Hangout, he got a huge amount of people tuning in from all over the world and which translated to more people viewing his site and so on and so forth. And one of the most interesting things out there was, you know, the Chai Pe Chacha initiative. That is, new media, old media, old ways put together. You know, you have Mr. Modi sitting in a particular place, which could be anywhere in India, interacting with people all over the country via satellite link-up. You have OB vans. We have people with backpacks going out there carrying, you know, a transmitter and a television because there are places where there is not even internet connection and patchy phone connections. And people are able to interact with him all over the place. It's something like, I think, around 1,500 locations around the country at last count, from what one of their people told me, uh, in over 500 different cities, being connected and conversing with or connecting with the gentleman who wants to be prime minister. That was the level of outreach, using the best of technology to be able to reach people where technology has no presence. And you have at the other extreme, you know, people like, the TMC, the Trinamool Congress, who use social media but profess to not use any technology beyond that because there's a whole lot of traditional ways that they like to use. Then the Congress, we weren't able to have very many conversations with the you know, central command as such. We did speak to a few candidates like Mr. Dera and his team, Mr. Melekani and his team, and so on. But they seem to have not quite woken up to the fact that they could be using technology in a far bigger way than they do for instance, I'm sure that if uh, Rahul Gandhi or Sonia Gandhi were to appear on Twitter tomorrow, they would have pretty massive following, but they don't. We haven't seen them out there. I'm sure that they would be able to divert, you know, do a lot of conversation to get their party point of view out. And it's interesting to note that they aren't doing it. But how difficult is it to just give a call to some of the people who are part of, let's say, Obama's team, who could help? Does it surprise you that we are still half-baked when it comes to using this technology, when there is a ready-made model out there in the West to copy? In India, out of a population of 1.2 billion, there are only 205 million Internet users. Of course, that number is slated to go up to about 240 by June this year. But out of 203, you have, out of 205, I'm sorry, you have only 103 million people who are on social media. So we can't imitate the U.S. simply because we don't have the numbers yet. We can learn from Obama's campaign, and I think all political parties are learning. Modi, to an extent, has tried to uh, emulate what Obama's people did in, you know, across platforms. Of course, they had the early mover advantage. They're also helped by the fact that Modi is very popular very, very hot on all platforms, and he stands amongst the global leaders as well. You know, despite the fact that internet penetration is not very high in India, there's a study that the Internet and Mobile Association did last year, and it said that out of India's 543 constituencies, there are 160 of them, which they call high impact. How they define high impact is the number of users, internet users, or social media users precisely, in that area or in those constituencies are greater than the margin of victory of the last Lok Sabha elections. So that is how they define high-impact constituencies and that is how they determine whether the poll results will be swayed by social media chatter or not. Now what is interesting to note is 
social media is not just an urban phenomenon. It is not just restricted to tier one towns and metros. A third of India's social media traffic comes from cities and towns which have less than five lakh people in them. This is a very encouraging thing. So when we say that 160 high impact constituencies are there, it is not spread across big cities only. So what is heartening to note is social media is catching up in small places as well. And I think if not in this election, at least in the next general elections, it's going to play a huge role, even you know much more than what we are seeing now. And all parties and all candidates are going to come up with even more innovative uses of it. Right now, they're mostly using what the platforms are offering them. But we'll just have to wait and watch what they do in the next elections. On that note, it's time to wrap up. Thanks a lot, everybody, for your time. And uh, hope all our listeners pick up the next copy and listen to this podcast and comment away. Thanks. Thanks again. Thank you, Abhishek. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks. And to have someone contact you from Forbes for a subscription, just message Forbes to 51818.